Welcome to uh, episode two of Campfire Conversations. I am your host, Josh Hugo, and I'm here with my friend uh, Jamel and my other friend, Sean. You guys can do a quick reintroduction. Welcome, everybody. Watch Ash Jamel on Instagram and wherever you get your podcast at. Sean, I don't do social media, so he's one of those guys. He's yeah. also looking Please at the camera. Me. Let, let the audio know you're not supposed to look he at the camera. At the cam- I was doing what he did. Nah. Did he do that? Sean, you're was nat- I you're was natural. I biased in my feedback? No, you're natural. That was good. Okay, Josh. Really? Josh is the only ass. I you know I watch a lot of like early childhood acting like seminars and they said never look at the look past the camera. <laughs> Wait one damn minute. No, I never did that. Uh, uh, you know we're gonna come back to that. I'll let you start. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we wanted to start this week. Thank you to first of all all of the viewers who um, joined us. Since uh, the official launch, like four days ago, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Amazon Music. Of course. Wherever you get your podcasts at. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we're excited to come back again today for round two. Uh, shout out to our listeners in Belgium. Two of them. Thank you. Um, Brussels, I believe. Brussels, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Leuven. Leuven. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe they're at the Beguinaja in, in Leuven. But either way, thank you to our uh, listeners. And uh, we're back this week. And so excited to have everyone here. And real quick, big shout out to our boy, Mr. Jamie Shaw, behind yeah. the board back there. That's right. We can't forget our, <laughs> yeah, we can't forget our producer, good friend, Jamie, for all of his work uh, getting us to here today. So thanks to everyone for being here. It's good what we got uh, over there on the table so we're going to start this week we got a lot of feedback last week that the uh whiskey tasting was a real hit and so we brought in resident expert um whiskey sommelier unofficially uh whiskey connoisseur and we did work stuff out with his agent to be able to bring sean smith to the house so uh, let's uh, snap it up for sean can you be a whiskey sommelier and not be a connoisseur well, none of you could spit are, it out. None of those things are real. Samaj P. Ryan? So, you're not like a you're whiskey. You're a whiskey uh, master taster is like the, the cool Yeah, show. I'm going to go with Jamel's word, Samuje, or whatever you said. Just saying. And no, I don't think you have to be a... Um, a whiskey stranger. You don't have to be a, an aficionado to be a Samajne. You could just spit it out all the time and just taste it. True. What's the difference between an aficionado? There was a setup, man. Last uh, week we hit five of those. You're going to miss that opportunity today, I see. Yep. <laughs> Jamel's agent got on his case, but all that that's what he and said. My agent means my wife. Did she listen? I hope not. <laughs> I don't think she got all the content. <laughs> yeah. No. So, Sean, tell us about um, why you got into bourbon tasting. Um, Sean, in many ways, is the genesis of the Bourbon uh, Association with this podcast. So. What's your story, other than um, that you like booze? So it started out for a love of alcohol in general, uh, un- undiscriminatory towards any alcohol. Then progressed into the pandemic, and like many people, I was a little bored and uh, got into to whiskey as something to keep my mind off of all the, you know, just monotony Shit. of life, right? 
and my this doesn't sound depressing at all yeah i mean take, yeah, take it I, in i okay. mean now i will yeah. say i mean that's what it is sounds right? like we need but to, i will we say need to t- change course in the rest <laughs> of this podcast. i will say my uh wife's family like lives in louisville so obviously in kentucky um good old so clan that, tucky yeah so that um got me an opportunity to check some stuff out and see some cool um distilleries and, and just see some of the culture of it um, and the interesting nature of what it means for like the Kentucky economy and all that good stuff. Uh, as you know, I got married in wine country, so I've, I've always been into wine as well. So there's mm-hmm. like some parallels to, to wine and to like the experience with like to whiskey in terms of, of how it's manufactured and kind of what it does. So there's like some nerdy stuff to it, Yeah. but ultimately I like to chill out. So I'll yeah. chill out just like all of us that have vices. That's usually yeah. what it's doing. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, meta moment for this podcast. One piece of feedback I received is that I need to acknowledge the speaker after they're done speaking. That thank, may thank also apply to my girlfriend as well. Um, so, you know, life is one big feedback loop. You know, you can apply it anywhere, I think. So thank you for sharing your background in whiskey. So that to the part that um, we all want to know more about, we are not so shamelessly trying to promote brands um, selfishly and in the interest of celebrating and promoting good whiskey. Do you want to tell us about, I'll look at the camera. See, you can see the, the brand here, but tell us, what are we looking at? What are we drinking? Uh, yeah, so it's High West Whiskey, which is in um, Utah in Park City. Um, beautiful spot. Yeah. Beautiful and spot. This is actually an older bottle. This is a this was a 2018, uh, but this is a store pick. So that means that like this bottle was made particularly for that store, mm-hmm. uh, or, or the barrel rather. So all the the bottles came from one single barrel, and this is what they made. And what's interesting about their bourbon, because um, this is the their American Prairie bourbon, is this was finished in a Chardonnay barrel. So this is a finished bourbon. Do we want to get technical for a moment? Sure. So we're, we're going to do some facts this week about yeah. bourbon. Do you know some bourbon facts? Do you I know? don't know a lot about a lot, but I know a little bit about a little bit. All right. So we, we know that bourbon, what is one fact you know about bourbon? It is made in America. It is made in America. That is correct. There are, I think, four or five criteria to be bourbon. What is another requirement for something to be called bourbon? Got to be uh, made in Kentucky. It no, does not. That not is a common misnomer. Mm. Uh, it does not, interestingly enough. What is another thing we think we know about bourbon? What it, it means? It more than 50% corn. It has to be above 50% corn mm. in its mash bill, which that, we'll talk about in a second. That makes it pretty corny. <laughs> you can truth. get it. Yes, you can get a lot of corn um, <laughs> in some whiskeys. Yeah, it would be very corny. You're um, welcome. <laughs> yep, that was a good one. Uh, and the third one, so we have over 50% corn. We have, it's made in America. What else do we believe to be a requirement to be bourbon? I, I know, because there's a, like with tequila. Tequila can only be made in certain parts of Mexico, right? Correct. Uh, from what, and Colorado whiskey, it has to use certain types of water from Colorado. Is that the same for bourbon? Bourbon does not require a specific water. It does require um, that it's it's aged in white oak, fresh white oak barrels. Whoa! What do you mean white oak? oak. (laughs) It's the it's the tree. 
Yeah, we're we're really speaking only to the color of the wood. I don't but see color. That's the second <laughs> half of the podcast. Our viewers, our viewers will be ready. We will. I hope. I hope today I we know. do broach. We're starting off with this. We're gonna have a few sips of whiskey, and yeah. then we're gonna really open up this conversation tonight. So. We have aged. Uh, is there an age requirement for something to be referred to as bourbon? No, it just has to touch. It has to touch the yeah. fresh white oak. It has to be charred. over fifty-one charred, charred yeah. fresh white oak barrel. It has to be over fifty-one percent corn. There's one more. I said oak. I think it's a, maybe is it a proof requirement? Oh yeah, it has to be eighty proof. For it has to be eighty okay, proof. There you go. Yep. So, so that's bourbon. Look, Josh knows it all. Now, anyways. now. The other element, and then we'll taste this. Or let's taste it and fucking... Yeah, we should probably say where it came from, though, right? So this also came from, if I remember correctly, yep, Heritage Wine and Liquor, which is actually down, if you're in Colorado and in Denver, that's over by 285. So it's just like right off 285 and like Federal or something like that. So shout out to my boys at Heritage. Real quick, let me ask you a a question about, you said it's an older bourbon, 2018. Is that different from like an aged whiskey you know what i'm saying yeah, typically it's just, that's when it was bottled gotcha it's yeah. bottled but it, so it's been aged longer yep but it was bottled yeah, this in 2018 one doesn't gotcha. have an age a lot of yeah, places it is. it's on there on the what side. Did it say? right there keep turning there you go oh okay this one says it was finished for one year and one month but to me that's finished it must have come out of their regular like, bourbon. Uh, can i see the bottle real quick yeah so because it's finished bourbon it was in the and this is the technical like controversy right is that you can still call something bourbon that still went to something else other than after it for into it the did barrel its first the original barreling. barrel right yeah. so part of that is it's called bourbon that's finished so it's finished bourbon right and so it was finished in in chardonnay barrel after it spent its time in and obviously it's, yeah it's, so it's it has to start in that particular barrel it has yeah. to be fresh it just needs to run through the yes. bottle and in fact, White Dog is a type of, of whiskey, technically a bourbon. Dude. I mean, wow. I mean, hey. Who, I mean, uh, fucking wow. Well, First we it's can, the hey, wood, hey. and now it's dogs. <laughs> next week or next time, we ought to bring in, who is that great distiller, uh, first black-owned distiller in the United States? Um, Uncle, Uncle Nearest. Nearest. Uncle yes. Nearest. Have Nearest, you had some Nearest, of their stuff? Right. So now you're just trying to appease me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's even Josh, more are you racist. Feeling, are you, is that white guilt? Is that what that is? Did we just you said yes for the record. No, we you know, we're, right now? <laughs> so our next question in a moment will we'll build off of this real clear tension in the room. <laughs> um, and so will this whiskey. Just, All right, so this year. Can you pour for me, by the way? Can I what? Yeah, I sure can. How, how am I supposed to drink this whiskey? However uh, you want. Through your mouth. It's the best way to drink it. You could. Do I. Do you, I <laughs> Like wine, do I? No, you keep your mouth open because it's obviously higher alcohol yeah. content. Like, br- like slightly open. So I'm, first I'm a step, mouth breather. First now? step. Yeah, yeah. Smell I mean, it. we did. This is you know, we did this last week. Did, most Smell of the bourbon came from Kentucky, so Smell mouth breathing kind of comes notes. with it. Big flavors: caramels, vanillas. Mm, I think it's like a B flat. <laughs> I'm I like I'm gonna keep doing these jokes all night, but yeah, okay. that's a, that, yeah, <laughs> a B flat note. Um, and then just drink it. Yeah. Just like pour just it straight back. The best way to drink pinch it your is nose, the way you like it. Pinch your nose and do it seven more times. And we'll order you an Uber. It's actually pretty smooth. 
It's very smooth. I do kind of taste, though, the wine Chardonnay mm-hmm. towards the end there. Yeah. yeah. It finishes with a little bit of that, you notice. So you, the stages, so there's... Can you put the... Yeah. The bottle yeah, or the, the cork? Yep. Appreciate that. Um, it doesn't really matter as long as it's not left the whole time, but Ooh, we pretty much don't want to fly in there. Hey, uh, fun bourbon is fact real quick. That's fun fine. bourbon fact. What is the name of the hole in the barrel of which the uh, <laughs> bourbon comes out? It also happens to be an answer to your question of how to drink it. This is another orifice in which you can technically consume alcohol. My pussy pink. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not that. Well, Sean knows. What is it called? I do not. A bunghole. The bunghole is what the bourbon comes out yeah. of. It's a bunghole, which is the theoretically another way in which one could consume bourbon or any alcohol. You can also consume alcohol through your eyes. If you yeah, butt chugging. I don't understand how we got here. It's not <laughs> not just, making the cut. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, it, might, it might make the cut. These are real things, man. No, they are very real things. Is this a cultural thing? Bunghole? I think everybody yeah. has a bunghole. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter what color you are, you probably have a bunghole. What if you didn't? You know what? Uh, Deion Sanders, do you buy what he's selling or no? 100%. I've bought several hats. He's not. Yeah, tell me why. What? 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 what you know, so you're what? both buyers. You're yeah. saying yes Absolutely. on Dion. Why, I, I, Jamel? I, uh, I think that Dion has been and was was a great coach, obviously, before he came to see you. Mm-hmm. I also think that um, culturally, as we were speaking about earlier, mm-hmm. every black person in America watched that game this past Saturday mm-hmm. with hopes of at least making it a game, mm-hmm. if not winning it. And <laughs> I hate to compare it to this, but it was kind of like watching the OJ trial because it's just like, interesting. hey, like, we need this. Like, we need this. What about what? What is it about Dion that separates him from some other current African-American coaches in terms of? It, I mean, he's his, prime, right? He's got yeah. the name. He's 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 been out there and he talks his shit, but he also backs his shit up. Right. And being yeah. able to be that big of a name and still be able to produce at the level that he's produced over several different sports, over several different decades, and bringing it to a school like CU with the history that's up at CU and and being able to do it, I think, is is, uh, noteworthy, not only in the black community, but, you know, across across the nation. I agree. What... What is it? I mean, so he's prime, but I actually think there's there's interesting things to unpack in that. What what is it about him that makes like Marcus Freeman? I know people are you know sometimes cheering for a guy like yeah Notre Notre Dame, Ty Willingham. You're looking at like at one point there's what six black coaches in in FBS and out of the hundred and out of hundred and seventeen like D one single or double A teams. I think there's more now, Um, but what is it about Dion? Like, I, you didn't say, and it's not a Notre Dame thing, but you weren't like, man, I was watching that Marcus Freeman game one looking for him to, like, win. Of course, like, yeah. sure. What is it about Dion, and why is that so, I don't know if the word is revered, but, like, what about it created that sort of energy with you and, and well, those I, of your friends watching it? Well, one, I'm, I'm always rooting for everybody black, right, except for Clarence Thomas. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah. Marcus Freeman, Ty Willingham. I think, <laughs> I think what happened with Ty at Notre Dame, we'll leave that for another uh, conversation. Yeah. But 
of course, like I said, I'm rooting for everybody black. But the, yeah. the fact that Dion is so in your face, he's yeah. so the name that goes along with it. It just it's a it's a lot, and it's it's a lot to cheer for. It seems like, and what my yeah, my hypothesis on some level is how Dion presents is deeply authentic, yep. but not supported widely in in like kind of modern media mm-hmm. or white media or um, mass media, right? Like so that is the persona. Media. Yeah, media, right? Like it is that is media, and I think that he jumps out as somebody who's like, hey. He's he's finally representing like the way that who he is in all spaces, and that's not the way. Like, I mean, I don't know this, but I'm sure Marcus Freeman, representing a you know Notre Dame, is probably presenting outwardly in what is a very kind of white norms. To to your point, I, I don't think I don't think Marcus Freeman could present the way that Dion is especially right. at the school that he's at right? right i mean look at the field who's on the field difference man yeah like, notre dame's a, a historically white institution like right. predominantly right still sure. is right? yeah if if marcus did any number of the things that dion did he probably would not have that job right now he what also schools has a gold jacket yeah what schools do you think dion would also usc like if he's gonna, he's gonna hopefully be successful at cu i think that would be good for colorado it'd be good for dion it'd be good for the the state and our whatever but to your point, there's a lot of institutions. Like, would he would he do any of this in the SEC? I How think, would that be accepted in the SEC? <clears throat> you know what? I think that's a very nuanced and layered question. I, I also think that um, I mean that's that's where the big money is, the Big Ten, right. and then the SEC. But I also think, and this is on the sports side, that if I go to the SEC, I got to compete with Kirby Smart in Georgia every year. I got to compete right. with Nick Saban in Alabama every year. Or if I don't forget Brian Kelly at LSU, go Irish. (laughs) Even though he's a tiger, he's a tiger and he kind of sucks. With that being said, uh, if I plant my happy ass right here now in the Big Twelve, formerly the Pac, whatever the fuck it's going to be, but if I plant my ass here in the Big Twelve, I don't have to play Oklahoma. I don't have to play Texas. I can walk through. I can waltz through the Big Twelve every year and then still have a shot at the playoff when I don't have when I don't have to go through that gauntlet of playing Alabama, LSU. Georgia, Florida, every single year. Yeah. Yeah, but if I'm, I'm Dion, right? Like, Dion chose where he went because he's Dion, right? Yeah. Like, he can... Oh, you can't hear that? I I, I don't know. Is the mic coming? Oh, we're, we're good. good. You ain't producing, man. It's probably that. Just, yeah, he's just trying to ask the Sean questions. Sean likes... So, the the audio listener, Sean is a big chair leaner. So, yep. he's leaning very far back. Yep. So it's, it's, the, it's the belly. It just kind of brings me top back. Heavy. Top yeah, heavy. Top Sean heavy. Sean has a big Skinny brain. Skinny legs, He has belly. a big brain. You know, no back. You but know. you were saying, yeah. But like Dion purposely went somewhere. He, Dion's gonna, he's he's so smart, right? Like he's gonna think strategically about where he goes. Right. He knows what he wants to accomplish, and obviously he's talked about it. Like he's very religious in terms of how he thinks about the spirituality of his choices. Hmm. Like he he wouldn't. I don't even think he would have thought to go to the SEC because I don't think it would have fit his vision he saw for himself and the kind of impact yeah. and position he wants to play in life. Right? It, CU creates just a tremendous stage for him like Jamel mentioned like they have the history but not the current you know modern history yeah so you've got that piece you know he even mentioned like he never you know he's a homebody right as he said so but he's in Colorado and he talks about how beautiful it is like you do have a unique space there and he's a leader of young men right and so and he's I mean he's flat out a leader is he a great 
probably X and O football coach. I mean, obviously the man is a, is a brilliant player, but he didn't study the game like that to be that tactician, like coach. He didn't have the time, right? And he was too rich for that too. So like that's why you hire a really exactly, really good and staff. that's why a great leader knows what yeah, they do well, like what they need, that. and that's what he's done. Yeah. And you know, are they like the perfect team? Probably not. Yeah. Like, do they have holes? Like, I'm a little concerned about the defense, right? Like, but that's also time. Yeah. But like, they've got some tremendous skill players, and they've got a lot of heart and a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. And Dion's gonna find places where he can still, because he's a competitor, right? He's gonna find a place where he can find something, a chip to put on his shoulder, because that. That's what's going to motivate him is to have that competition. And so yeah. in the SEC, it's going to be a bunch of noise, right? And like you said, he's authentic. He's going to be himself, and he's going to put himself in a position where people aren't going to put strings on him. And at Jackson yeah. State, he said like he started to feel like people were kind of coming up on him and you know this, that, and the bureaucracy of this and that. And he yeah. wasn't going to mess with that noise. Why would you? Like He has nothing to gain except whatever he wants, and that's a very freeing thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Well, go Buffs. Thank, right? thank go you for buffs. sharing that, Sean. I'm acknowledging. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah, that wasn't I, very <laughs> good. You, you did not do a good Sean, job. Sean, thank you. Time. No. Yeah, you can say things together. like, I'm learning, say learning. Like, that was insightful. <laughs> I haven't thought about it that way. Like, man, I could tell that you like had thought about that. that this is what like we call real time, real time feedback. You know? um, no, thank you. Both, both of you have a lot of good insights about Dion. That was actually intended to be just kind of a quick little oh i'm sorry thank you no that's good (laughs) that was good yeah yeah that's really good Um, i thought you were just going to keep going to jamal because he's black but you came to me no we're we already talked talked about white dogs so we've addressed yeah we've you know so (laughs) we're gonna let's move let's talk about something a little bit lighter um that was pretty light college football is serious (laughs) we're gonna talk about notre dame right one word one word. What would bring more people together in America? Just one word? One word. One phrase. Phrase? No more than four words, please. No more, okay, hold on. That's quite a bit of criteria. I'll go. Five syllables, Max. Can it be uh, haiku? Ooh. That is more than five syllables. Fair. First, um, first line of a haiku, five syllables. You, I got the, what's going to bring America together and what I actually think has already brightened America together. Yeah, I thought about this, honestly. Um, my one word, my hyphenated one word, Kool-Aid. Okay. We're going to answer it first, and then we're going to go to the go back. Water parks. That's definitely not one word. Uh, yeah, Wat- oh. water parks, three syllables. It meets the criteria. Um, say heart. All right, well, let's start with the fun answer. Kool-Aid. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you thought heart. yours was fun. My girlfriend said love, and I said, that's why you're not on this podcast tonight. No, we can talk. Yikes. Is, is that, is no, that, that, like, was, that was passive yeah, was That was No, we'll, we'll, we'll land on heart. I think, yeah, let's all break it down in all seriousness. So talk about your rationale for Kool-Aid, Jamel. Well, I'm glad you asked, Hugo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons I – so and on my on my podcast, uh, we are um, – real podcast. Working on our own Washed seltzer. Jamel. We're working on our own seltzer, right? Uh, and – we were kind of talking because there's, uh, you know, several like White Claw and, and stuff like that out there. That's like, White Claw. That, 
I'm just calling it out, just like you. No, I'm just saying. Is that the wave thing? Is that what that is? Yeah. Is it a wave? So there's there's white claw. There's different seltzers out there, but they don't really taste that great, right? It's almost like drinking on uh, Lacroix. I've never had one. You've <laughs> never had egg. a seltzer. So here's the thing, hard right? So we're that. like, hey, you know what? We're we're younger, not younger. We're we're washed guys, 30 to 30, 35 to 38 years old, trying to figure out something that tastes good. We're not necessarily. I want to drink a heavy beer. Let's, let's explore this seltzer. And uh, shout out to Spangling Brewery. They came mm. to us with yeah, uh, a, a drink called uh, Cool Jams, which is basically Kool-Aid mixed with a seltzer. Oh, were they pouring that the night you recorded your podcast? Absolutely. Yeah, so right we, we tasted yeah, that. We are, we're partnering with them, and we're coming up with a shindig is what it's called, shindig sure. seltzer. Nice. Right? Um, and it's a kind of the play. But I, when I was Very thinking cool. about it, I was like, you know what, we don't want to just advertise to, to, to black guys who are 30 to 35, 38 years old. We want everybody to be a part of this. And what's something that brings people together? Kool-Aid. Everybody in America has a Kool-Aid story. But then I started thinking, do white people drink Kool-Aid? So the very first time I had beer, I was given um, a, a very like strong IPA, uh, Goose Island, hmm. which when you're 18 drinking beer... Um, and yeah, I know that's a little late, but um, yeah, I was, and uh, it was like too fucking rough. So I poured. Guess what I poured into it? Kool Aid. Tasted like shit because IPA and Kool Aid doesn't go well. But I uh, a seltzer and Kool Aid would probably be delicious. Um, and my other Kool Aid story, very briefly, and I was just I, I think I've been traumatized in school since I was in kindergarten. And we had a show and tell. And we were supposed to bring in something that started with a certain letter. And this kid, I don't remember his name, just... Johnny. Just did whatever the fuck he wanted, I guess. Fucking Johnny. He was supposed to bring in something that started with an X, which is a hard thing to find, you know, show and tell. He brought an ecto-cooler. Mm-hmm. Ecto-cooler, which may have been owned by Kool-Aid. Sounds like Johnny can't read. But there was no X in it, and I was so <laughs> stumped. I was so stumped. I was like, the teacher's like, oh, you know, Eric, that's so cool, ecto-cooler. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, where the fuck's the X? <laughs> and so that's my other Kool-Aid story, if ecto-cooler is considered part of Kool-Aid. I'm 98.6% sure that it's not. Do you remember so who was on? Do you remember who is on the Slimer, ecto-cooler? Right? Slimer. Yeah. Yeah, Slimer of uh, the uh, Ghostbusters. Yep. All right, and so those are my Kool-Aid stories. But do, do I get to tell? Yeah, Sean gets to do his, please. Okay. And then so, we need to bring it home with why Kool-Aid brings America together. So I didn't. Re- we didn't really have Kool-Aid, not because, like... You, you guys know, have Flavor 8? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But the Kool-Aid we saved, so my grandma would make uh, homemade popsicles. And you make it with the Kool Aid, so yep. we keep the, the the good Kool Aid yep. for the popsicles, because yep. it gets like that top. You know what I'm talking about? Like you put the stick, and then it gets that little gooey stuff at the top. Uh, like, all the sugar rises then, like, up. The other stuff yeah. wouldn't do that, but the the Kool Aid would. So like that's what we have, and have that, and obviously like the the color, you know, the purple drink and stuff in the the gallons and stuff. I want to try the, the other gallons, one there. But, yeah. Um, but no, that's I. Yep. That was another part of it. It was like everybody has a Kool Aid story or a variation uh-huh. thereof. Yep. Flavor Aid being one of yep. them. <laughs> Uh, but real quick, I, w- I would love to hear from our resident East Coaster uh, about his Kool-Aid story, if if Shaw has they one. They drank lemonade. I mean, yeah, we, my mom would, like, I didn't hear about Kool-Aid until probably, like, high school. Really? Yeah, my mom was like, you know, 
all natural sugar, peanut butter, man. whole yeah. wheat yeah. breads, oh, yeah. cereals with less than six grams of sugar or whatever. Um, but yeah, in uh, college we had like a Kool Aid and vodka, yep. like a mm-hmm. yep. Yep. punch bowl situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, but I mean, it's it's part of the culture, not even the culture. It's part of American culture. I, I would yeah. uh, even say that. If there's one thing that unifies, to bring this home, like to your point, yeah, Josh, yeah. there's one thing that unifies it. Everybody has gone to a McDonald's. Everybody yeah. has done X, Y, Z in America. And one thing that I think that unifies America is there are, are common places, are common stories, yeah. and Kool-Aid being one of those. And so if I was able to, and hopefully market this new wash seltzer to anybody based on the fact that we've all had Kool-Aid before. Awesome, man. Very cool. We'll have to look for that. Thank you for acknowledging me, Josh. That was a good one. You're welcome. That was a really good one. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Like, I um, notice how your voice gets lower, though, when you're, like, trying to... Very... Yeah. Dr. Hey. Phil. Yeah. Let's talk about heart. I can tell. I think let's, let's string these together. I would like to hear about heart, and I'll share maybe how water parks do or does not fit into both... Is that a good closer, answers. you think? No, we're not closing. We're no, not I'm closing. saying no for you out of the three. Yeah, it might be. It might be. But, Sean, tell us why heart would bring America together. Do you? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's authenticity of experience. Like, you, you, in many ways, right, when you think about, like, the opposite, right, which is not being unified, there's usually something within our environment and our society that has led us to choose that, right? It's a choice, right? And a lot of that's fear, a lot of that's other things, right? But to me, there has to be, like, if you think about heart, and you think about, like, like Jamel said, like, things that we've ex- experienced that are the same, like, when you think about the love of a child, you think about the love of a parent or someone who's close to you, mm-hmm. you think about love. And that's what I think about when I think about mm. heart. And when you know someone, and when you know a diverse group, of people in your lives and you love someone you are unified with them yeah and when you you know there's another unifier which is hate right hate and anger that's a unifier as well just like anything else but the opposite of that is love and heart and i think seeking the opposite allows for you to have those experiences beyond what hate hate drives you, you know what? When I when I heard you, sorry to cut you off, Josh. I when I when start. I when I originally heard you say heart, I was thinking about like, uh, like that guy's got a lot of heart. Like he's willing to do the hard thing. He's willing mm, to, to, to stick effort, in there. Effort, effort. yeah. Heart yeah. of love, though, isn't right. it? Right, right. Uh, and then so when you explained it, it was I was taken aback to steal a word from Josh, but I, because mm, I didn't think two words, <laughs> I didn't think. Uh, that that's what you meant, but with that being said, I, I hear what you're saying. I think both are true in yeah. that vein, though. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, I think yeah, love to both my girlfriends. Points to Sean. Oh, sorry, point. you said both girlfriends. My girlfriends. Both have, my girlfriends. You have two girlfriends. I, I that's a lot one. of love. I was like, dang. I have one. I promise you, Lindy. I know you will listen to this eventually, maybe for the first and last time. But no, I, <laughs> I only have one. Um, but heart. That's the goal, right? Kool-Aid, I think, is, my, my answer went to the how. Mm-hmm. Your answer went to the what. My answer goes to the how. And I said water parks, and I was actually just at Pirate's Cove 
Um, have you guys ever been to Pirates Cove? Been to Pirates Cove downtown. Have you been? Yeah, down. My, um, my kids have been. I have not. Is that the ghetto bird? Back? It is the ghetto bird back. Yeah. As you can see, we're There's not no in the ghetto. There. There's no light. Yeah. We're not going to reuse that yeah. joke. <laughs> um, that is a loud helicopter, though. Do they, they not they know what that. we're that, trying to do? I honestly don't. That's not the police helicopter. No. That's a much bigger those helicopter. Those are usually oh, the, that's all the helicopters the, uh, here. Are the, the, the army the helicopter. Yeah. That's yeah. like one of those Chinooks. That's a Chinook. It is. That's like a double bladed. I, I believe it's pronounced Chinook. <laughs> can we get this on camera, but everyone? I, love how you said it's loud, I don't think you know, we can. It has but to it's do with much bigger. We're all looking. I I honestly love. I think this is super close. I like how we like. It's finally happening. I like how we're like adding our thoughts as if we have any idea <laughs> to provide any, any idea what the fuck is going on what's going on with the helicopter uh, somebody <laughs> listening to this we're going to hashtag hashtag chinook. we're going to hashtag we're going to hashtag chinook or chinook and it will evoke those who follow military um uh, aeronautical devices and will also probably uh invoke some listeners from our native american friends um I don't know which tribe the Chinook are, where they are from. I'm not even gonna touch that. We're not that gonna one. touch no, that. No, not I, I mean it is that is, that probably is a term that was fully appropriated by the U.S. military. We can probably state really? that what, pretty what? unequivocally. We'll give, we'll give that away to you. American military appropriating I things. I know, right? Yeah. Well, Never heard just, that before in my man, life. You got a nose for this. <laughs> We're not gonna hashtag U.S. Army because we don't want this podcast censored. Wow. Um, Can't get research on this because Josh didn't remember the name of his internet. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, we don't need research. We're going to go. How do you go. know your internet? Man? It's like 28 digits. How many of you don't change don't your you internet? Don't you write it down? Yeah, it's in the other side of the house. So you just oh, didn't want to go to the other side sorry, of the house. Sorry, before you continue about we, water we parks. We made a decision. Here is a better question, and hopefully we can cut this. Here's a better, <laughs> here's a better question. Do you know the name of your internet at home? I know. I changed mine. Do you change yours, or you just go with the I think out of the I box? do now. I think I do now. You don't even do anything with it. I don't even mess with it because that's coding and shit. So what 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 we do? It's out of the box. We have it like written down and it's in like the drunk drawer, you yep. know. So yep. like yep. anybody comes down, it's got the password and the yeah. the thing, and I just hand it to them. And if I change it, because my parents come over, you know, because they visit every couple months, right? They have the same iPhone. But for can me you years imagine ago. the frustration and annoyance in my life? If I change that, my dad has to change it every time he's trying to get on his phone. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> so, real quick. Yeah, right. America, for those of you listening, <laughs> write in, ch- uh, uh, comment underneath this post, tag me, at Wash Jamel, or, or check in with one of the one of our social at media campfire feeds here. underscore don't, don't conversations underscore podcasts. And let us know. Pulls when you, off the tongue. <laughs> when, you change, when you change your Wi-Fi at home, is it just fresh out of the box? You leave it as it is, or do you actually change it to be something uh, memorable? Let us know. Yeah, that's a great question. Or we witty. we are going to do like some audience po- polling this time. I've got uh, four options. We're going to guess which one is Josh's internet. Okay, real quick. Four options. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm eager. Right. Too much tuna. No, he's not. <laughs> Mose Isley's Cantina. Juniper, or looking for feet pics. None looking for what? Looking for feet pics. 
None of those. those are those literally options in my neighborhood? You really don't trust your producer. <laughs> this is the <laughs> second time you, were, you have questioned your producer. <laughs> I'm just saying that you, you guys need to guess Mama which one of those four is mine. Which one of those four? Which one of those four is mine? I am going to go with looking for feet pics. None mm. of them are. There's no way. Yours is like a number. Yeah, it's a number. Century Link. Yeah. Nine one one. Yeah. Yeah. With that being said, let's get back to so, uh, water parks. Uh, yeah, water sorry. parks. Yep. Water parks. Um, yeah. So what was that Pirates Cove this past weekend with the kids? And I mean, I, I thought a few things. Like everyone here is getting along pretty damn well. People are getting some sun. I guarantee that the number of people in that place had very different voting records and political beliefs. But you know what? The unifier was chlorine, water, and, you know, just people enjoying in a common space, in a community space together. And one of the things that jumped out is so, like, they have a lazy river, Mm. and you have to wait in this line. And the tubes come up the river, and halfway around the, the lazy river is when they're dropped off, and then they float without a person on it halfway around. And then this line has to kind of work together to pick up a tube and pass it down and bring it to the person at the front of the line. Nobody cuts the line. People are like trying to take multiple tubes to be helpful at once. And really the the best method was just to pass it down. But we communicated and like, Hey, just pass it. And they kind of smiled and did it. Like everyone just kind of worked, although somewhat, you know, no one was really talking that much, but like people were just happily like supporting without knowing each other, a common procedure to get people to hang out and just have a good time. And I was like, you know, it, it's hard in this climate. You can spend a lot of time on news feeds. You can spend a lot of time talking to people who are deeply passionate about politics, parents, friends, etc. And I get it. I fully get it. And it's, um, there's a lot to be alarmed about, worried about, frustrated by, fearful of. And at the same time, like if all we do is spend our time in those spaces, that is all we're going to think about each other, right? We're just going to assume and think that it is that hatred or that divisiveness that is the unifier, to Sean's point. And so it's not water parks. It's not literally Kool-Aid. But it's the idea that there's a lot more in common with us as humans than there is that that is not in common. And it's, mon- it's you can monetize it. You can gather followers from it. You can create uh, movements from it and it being hate, it being a common, you know, unifying theme of disdain for the other. But there's way more in common that people have. And I think that the, the great fear I have, and I think it will relate to the next thought I have or question I have about what it means for us as parents. But like the, the fear I have is that is how we are we are kind of devolving towards is like what's the quickest way to categorize and we do that we've done it historically in many other insidious ways but we're now doing it not just based on visible things like the color of one's skin or where you go to worship or what you put on your head but also based on where you live and what you know, political party you associate with and what kind of car you drive and what you might say, like what channel you watch on TV and just so many factors that exist to try to categorize who is with me or who is not. And I think that is why getting together in these communal spaces where who the fuck cares? 
float in a river, go down a water slide, get some churros, and, you know, be decent to each other, that to me is what is missing. And um, I think we need more Kool-Aid at water parks to bring out the heart that I think people ultimately do have towards each other. I'm going to pause right there because that was a beautiful moment you just had. Thank you for sharing that, Josh. Well, you're welcome. Now that you have shared that, I want to ask you, how many black people were at this water I know, park? I was, I was the whole time, mm. I'm just like, so how many black also, people? Also, yeah, it was diverse, man. It was, you know, it was probably a proportional ratio to Denver. And with that being said, why aren't there more black people at water parks? Well, we talked about the history of swimming and the association with swimming pools and white white supremacy last week. Do you mm. want to just do a quick recap for a I don't. Yeah. Just wanted to, you know. Just like to rehash the, the theme is the theme, the theme is. I, I would is like to rehash yeah. racism. Yeah. Um, it's actually fun. Say what? Out of actual fun cop experience recently. I've never had a fun, a fun cop, cop experience. experience. <laughs> I'll tell you my fun cop experience when I was actually getting arrested, but go ahead. Yeah. No, it was just kind of fun because, you know, like, you know, I was driving out. back, so drove out to my in laws, right, for the summer and some stuff, right? Because, of course, I got to, like, drive the dogs out and all the bullshit you got to do, you know, in life. So I'm coming back, and obviously I'm speeding, because, like, that drive fucking sucks. Yeah. From Kansas? I'm, like, in Kansas, right? 80, 90? And people are flying. It's, like, 80, 85. No, no, no. It's a highway. Highway 70. Yeah, 70. So I'm on 70, and then, so I'm, like, rolling with the people that are rolling, right? Yeah. And uh, I get pulled over by, like, a, a cop, and it's a lady, like, young lady cop, right? Blonde hair, whatever. What? Lady Cup? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Is this yeah. like the Little Wayne song about to happen? No. Got no, stopped no, no. by a Lady Cup. No, but the funny part was like, so I go into like my, you know, my thing I do when I get pulled over, right? So I only roll the window down that much, right? And put my hands so on you the can wheel, see them. Yep. And I'm like this, and she goes, I pulled you over today because I could tell she was like brand new, yep. nervous, voices cracking and yep. stuff. Yeah, and she's like, hard. she's like, uh, I pulled you over. And because you're speeding, and I was like, well, "What about like the three people in front of me that were going faster than me?" And she was like, "Well, I had you at this. You were speeding." I was like, "Okay," and it just stood there silent for like thirty seconds. And I'm like, "Yeah, you don't have to talk." And then I go, and I felt bad. I was like, <laughs> "Do you want my license and registration?" <laughs> she goes, "Uh, yeah." And I was like, "Okay." Yeah. I was like, "Do you need my insurance?" She's like, "Yeah, I don't need. I don't need your registration. I just need your uh, license." And it's just like that. And she went away, and I'm just, like, sitting there. I'm like, God damn it, like, pissed off. And she comes back, and she's like, uh, be safe out there. And I was like, you're welcome. Oh, snap. I was like, <laughs> and, like, took yeah. off. I was like, thank you. And just, like, took off. But, like, I've never had that happen, ever. But it was just, like, you could tell. She, she was, was like, super, super nervous, nervous first time. You were helping yeah. her out. You and, were but just giving. Literally the most awkward 30 seconds of, like, do, do, do you want do, something? Do you, do, you, <laughs> do you want my light? Can I go or? Are you? It's off. Yeah. Oh, Wendy's in dude, there. we got this shit on lock. <laughs> we got this shit on uh, lock. My funny cop story. The I didn't. Well, I did get have arrested. You only, have you been arrested only once? Thrice. What states? Dang. Yeah. Colorado twice. Georgia I've only, once. I've only been arrested once. So, uh, in Georgia, believe it or not, for Damn. the baby shower. In the baby shower. Damn, have bro. A, have a great time at the baby shower. For Miles? Yeah. Go back 
dropped trees off at the crib, whatever. Me, my two homeboys, and my cousin, my, my female cousin, Delisa, she came up from Orlando. Well, and Teresa's younger, youngest brother, who's already had some run-ins with the law. Anyway. He was on your podcast. No, no, that's her older brother. Older brother, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So the younger brother. Uh, and, still, we, and they live all up in... Yeah, in, uh, yeah Augusta. Yeah. So we, we go out downtown Augusta having a great time. And one of my homeboys is way too drunk, and he uh, gets into it with the guy. Mm-hmm. And my other homeboy is like, yo, stop trying to fight him, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they start arguing back and forth. <laughs> and uh, the cops come up. And as the cops are coming up, homeboy number one pushes homeboy number two yep. just to try to get him to calm down. Cops think they're about to fight, so they come and start grabbing each other. Yep. They start yeah, grabbing yeah, them, yeah. and I'm running up trying to stop them to fight. And cop grabs me, swings me around, throws me to the ground, busts my chin, puts me in handcuffs, hands behind the back, and I'm just like, all right, cool, whatever. This is the situation. Fucking great. Yeah, cool. Like, <laughs> on the baby shower, okay, whatever the fuck. Uh, fast forward, a whole bunch of other funny shit happens. I'm sitting in the back of the fucking cop car. They don't pat me down, so I can't have a fucking gun on yeah, me, and I'm in the right. back of the cop car. Yeah, I was just, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, I'm from a real city. Like, some, what are you guys some doing? Some young sueys out there. So, uh, <laughs> this is not Atlanta. No, this is uh, Augusta. So I uh, Augusta. And I, I'm, oh, I'm like, yeah, so yeah. hands behind the back. My phone's in my back pocket, and I'm like, hey, Siri, <laughs> call Trice Mobile speaker. And it calls Trace. I'm like, hey, babe. Um, don't get mad, but you know, we she's may like, have gotten arrested oh my, tonight. Oh and she's like, Oh my god, I'm gonna go on the labor with the woman. I'm like, I just want to let you know. Oh, it's actually calling Trace. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, uh, so it's uh, we're in the back of the cop car, or whatever. The cops pulls us out, he's trying to figure out what's going on, and it's a black cop and a white cop. And the white cop's name is call him Charles Jamel. Charles oh. Black. Exactly. So we're sitting there, and I look at the name tags, and I'm talking to the black dude. I look at the white dude, and I'm just like, Officer Black, really? (laughs) (laughs) And I look at the black cop, and he was just like, Yeah. I was like, Hey, you guys gotta let us fucking go. This shit is hilarious. Uh, Long story short, uh, not long story long, the uh, cop lets both my homeboys go. Because one of the first homeboy has a license from, from Georgia. They can figure out who he is. They say, okay, we got your information. We'll let you go. Yeah. They also have a partnership with Ohio. And my other homeboy's from Cincinnati. So they're like, okay, cool. No partnership, no database exchange with Colorado. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, you're the one that has to go in tonight. Oh, my God. And I'm like, you got to go. I'm not. And they like, knew that, too. And they yeah. were like, we got to bring somebody in. Yeah. We, <laughs> like, we can't, the, we can't let you all go. Yeah. I was like, but yeah. But it's kind of fucked up. Did you up, have to post so. bail or you weren't even? No, they let me go the next day. Yeah. I was good. But, Shit, yeah. you had to spend a night. Yeah, I mean, it was like it was 5 a couple, couple hours. Yeah. How busy How busy was it? <laughs> hey, it's Georgia. It's like a Friday, right? It's Georgia. It, it uh, mostly a bunch of drunk people. Yeah, like, it was. It was a drunk people, a few little tweakers. Yeah, couple some of rednecks. Person that you're actually really scared of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my Denver story is a lot funnier, but I'll t- I'll say that for another podcast. But thrice yeah. times. So that's one. That's two. What was the other? Well, that's for a future podcast. It's a future right, podcast. Yeah. We got to leave the viewers wanting. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm wanting to know. We're probably gonna cut that from that. Which well, you know, that's you, everyone has veto rights in this show. Um, so you things. got nervous at the background checks too? No, I always like self-identify. Like, oh, oh yeah, this, this happened. Yeah. You're like, that's good. Yeah, it's oh, not. I don't have any felonies. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. no, I know, but yeah. it's still awkward as shit. I just wait to see if it comes back because mine was supposed to be a sponge. 
But this shit always comes back like half the time. So it's that Catholic guilt you got, Sean. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm not. Catholic. What are we drinking? So we're gonna. Di- yeah, no, Sean. A lot of Catholic guilt. All right, Fraser Valley Distilling. For the record, I'm not Catholic. <laughs> That's a sore spot. It's not. It is true. It is for Sean's some boys. statement is true. Mine is false for the records, but <laughs> I have to give the shit back sometimes. So Jamel is drinking <laughs> Fraser Valley Distilling. Fraser Valley is honestly a fucking great distillery. Shout it out is Barry. located. Shout out yeah, Barry. shout out to Barry, master distiller. Not master. He is the distiller. I don't think he's officially a master distiller, but he makes great. B rock. Liquor. He makes primarily whiskeys, but they do gins and they do a lot of agave, agave like quote unquote Ooh. tequila stuff. So it's a small like little shop. Mezcal. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they do a smoky mezcal. They do, um, they do tequilas, but not called tequilas. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're located in Fraser, uh, Colorado, just about it's not three miles tequila. past. Tequila. Oh, that's tequila. the spot. Yeah, I didn't realize that was there. Yeah, Fraser. Say that again. It's past what? And so you go through Winter Park, about mm-hmm. three miles into Fraser. It's found on the uh, east side of the road, and he runs a great shop. They do a lot of, um, they probably have 20-plus barrels of stuff. This mm. is their single malt. I believe his original passion was single malts. Um, they do great bourbons. They do some Colorado bourbons, They do, which means it's coming um, from the aquifer, the water mm-hmm. source up in that part of the state. And uh, it's young, so nothing is aged super long. But so, they, they're really tasty. What, so shout out to Fraser yeah, Valley Distilling. Yeah, Fraser this Valley one is actually a single barrel, uh, single malt. What's what's a, is there a double malt? What's, so a single me malt malts. means that so they're okay. So we're talking about mash bill for a second. Mash bills are what comprises. Um, it's the recipe of the the whiskey, and a mash bill for a bourbon is going to be at least part corn. What percent? Do you remember at least? 50 percent 51 yeah and then it could be wheat it could be malt and it could be rye Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's even oat most don't use oat and most use two or three grains for a bourbon be wheat Wheat. we're usually going to do wheat or rye right wheat rye or malt and do you know why malt is used because it was used in what's primarily found in scotch no the barley because what you get in malta meal but it's 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 to help with the uh, fermentation. Got it. Okay, so it must have a little bit of sugar in it, huh? Correct. Got it. So a single malt means that literally the only grain in this is malted barley. Ah. So malt refers to bar- barley, mm. malted barley. And so this bourbon, I don't know what High West mash bill is. Do you? Uh, it might no. say. Some of them tell you, some of them don't. I don't know if that one does. Yeah. Most mash bills are primarily, so if you yeah, talk about a rye, if you talk about like a rye whiskey, a rye whiskey is going to be primarily a rye grain. It could be a bourbon well, with a high same, rye. It's the same context. Yeah. So instead of the corn, it's the, the rye yeah. that classifies yeah, it. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bourbon. Now, you could have a bourbon with a lot of rye in it, um, but it would still be a bourbon. So, so maybe one last question to kind of finish off on something in the same vein of like bringing people together. Like if the goal is heart, if the goal is unity if the goal <coughs> excuse me is like bringing people into spaces in which the current like markers of division are not as prominent how how do we try to do that for our kids sean is the father of two jamel and i of course from last week if you listened we, you know we both have two kids sean what do you think like what is i think you're a very intentional parent um what do you do to try to create inclusivity in your kids yeah, 
So my daughter's going to be eight next month. My son just turned four. Great kids. Yeah, uh, sometimes. <coughs> um, but, uh, you who's know, your I think... Fa- who's your favorite? Caitlin. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, Thomas, shout someday out, you'll Thomas. listen to this and Thomas. you'll know that he's... Uh, <laughs> he knows no, I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> I, it's interesting, though. I actually had this conversation with my dad. And I was like, Dad, you're lying if you don't like me or my brother more. Like, I love my kids equally, mm. but I like one more than the other. Yeah. Especially as they get older. Now... That might shift, to be clear. Be very, yes. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. But I love them equally. Also, they're both amazing kids and, like, cool kids and, like, have their own personalities sure, and stuff sure. like that. But to be blunt, my son right now is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like, he's mean, selfish. He's all these things that aren't fun as a human to experience. The way you should be at three years old. Yeah. And, like, right. You know, but I'll be honest, Kaylin like that. Kaylin's been like a rock star for a long time. Now, she'll probably like crush me later on, you know, right. but we'll see. But anyways, so we, for us, I mean, so like this very layered, but having one diversity is important to us. So like the conditions from which we live within is important. So like, you know, there's a lot of woke talk about like whoop-de-whoop this, whoop-de-whoop that. But at the end of the day, for me, it's about, like, how you put your skin in the game and your life. About Nothing says more about what, how you put your skin in the game than what you do with your kids, right? Because mm. you have control over what their lives are like, right? right? And you can curate that. We're all curating existence for our kids, right? <coughs> and so for me, it first started with, like, introducing, ensuring my kids are in uh, diverse experiences, right? And so around diverse cultures and people that are different than them. So first it's that, like just being exposed to it because they're trying to make sense of the world. How did you right? do that? Like what moves do you make as a parent to do so? Well, one, if I surround myself with like a wide range of people and experiences, it's going to happen naturally, right? But then it's also like being conscious about something as simple as like where when my kids like two, where do we, what park do we go to and play, right? Hmm. Like yeah. we, live in, we live in Denver, right? And as much as we want to say like – right parts of denver that are positive like denver's still an incredibly segregated place right and so part of it's like where we we choose to go how we choose to like do things right and so we've always been really intentional about the conditions from which we we experience life right for our kids and how they experience life yeah um the second was like teaching right so like um part of you know how kids learn often is through stories right reading and stories is just a really important part at least in our lives about teaching our kids mm-hmm. things about society right because they they, they grasp onto stories so we purposely make sure like her library of books uh she like for example kaylin um when we came back one time again from coming back across 70 we're in kansas city we went to the negro leagues uh museum together right and i bought her uh josh gibson where is there. that that's in Kansas, Kansas City. City. It's right next to the. It's connected to the uh, oh. uh, jazz museum there, and the rich history of jazz. Very cool. Have you been? City. I have not. Kansas City is, is a cool, cool spot. It's also uh, very dangerous. What's that? Also very dangerous, but that's another story yeah. for another. But time. speaking of Kansas City, shout out barbecue. Shout out barbecue. Shout Get out Gates. Yeah. Gates barbecue. Yes. Jackfruit barbecue. Yeah, so I've been to Gates because it's up the. Oh yeah. Jackfruit barbecue. Yeah. So. So, anyways, Nerd. those are examples. I think, and Vegan, this is man. one example. Nothing nerdy about it. Um. That's just one example. Another example is like thinking about diversity of like different families, right? Like, what is hmm. like, what do my children see? 
They see me, Meredith. That's family. They see me, the divorce guy. Sure, but with a wonderful woman. Yeah. Not their mom. Yeah. At the moment, I mean, she, yeah, she's now. a good woman too. But yeah. like, I mean, you know what? But I'm what saying. I'm saying is, like, a, a two or three year old. <laughs> what do they know? They know like their immediate. They know what like, they environment, see. right? They know what right. they see. And so part of that was being intentional. Like one book that we read was was called the Family Book, and it's just like talking yeah. about the variations, yeah. right? So, That's so, cool. so another part is teaching, and then the third part is like honestly where we choose to have our kid go to school. And so we were really mm. intentional about choosing a school that there's a wide range of diversity across racial, cultural, religious, and socioeconomic to the best of our ability that made sense for our situation. Yeah. Um, and we tried to do that as much as we could for, for daycare as well. And um, that to me, and as someone who um, – came from a pretty diverse in terms of socioeconomic and racial like uh upbringing um that that to me is important because my that was out of situation right like right you know when you're when you're when you're not very affluent and you're kind of poor like you're around poor people right and oftentimes there's actually a lot of diversity within the class system right and so for me, you know, I'm fortunate to to be the first in my family to graduate from college and to be able to like make more money than my parents ever made by the time I was like in my mid twenties, and um, yeah. that means I was afforded greater choice, right? Yeah. Like through affluence, and I choose though to uh, be thoughtful about how I define what a good school is, and to me, a good yeah. school is is one that has conditions that matter about how the, the yeah. type of community I want my children to learn in yeah. and the intentionality behind the community they're a part of in, in a school setting. So, gotcha. so that's, that's, diversity, that's been my, my approach. teaching, exposure. Um, but those her community, right? To be clear, like now she is becoming part of her own community. Kaylin's yeah. like, she has a community without me, right? And as our yeah. kids get older, that's what they have. Yeah. But we still get to choose where they exist within yeah. like where do they make their own communities in yeah and to me that's really important thanks for sharing that yeah that's cool how about for you jamel what what are the ways that you as a dad and with your partner try to create your sons you know try to give your sons an opportunity to be raised in in an inclusive environment in, in an inclusive environment um, you know what? I, I think it's uh, <clears throat> I think it's kind of funny because it's uh, almost the complete opposite of Sean, right? Uh, because growing up having our kids grow up in Denver, it's going to be very one-sided, right? Right. What right. is the population of people of like who identifies black? Six percent? Yeah. Seven percent? Yeah. Right. I think there, I think we're a lot of white people here. I think we're like six percent of the city and mm-hmm. like three mm-hmm. percent of the state or something like yep. that. The community is small. So wait, it's being very intentional about how we spend our uh, off time. Where do we go? Who do we right. hang out? Because you're going to get the uh, diversity at school. You're going to see Hispanic kids. You're going to see white kids. You're going right. to see black kids. You're going to see everything. You're going to get that, but you aren't necessarily going to hmm. get how how we identify, how how we grew up, 
uh, of a big thing that's that's big for my wife is that when she grew up, they learned a lot of songs, a lot of spirituals that I didn't learn growing up in Denver, right? So she was just like, I want to make sure that they get this experience, yeah. right? So curating those experiences that are special or near and dear to our hearts, I think is something that we, we really try to make sure that we do because you are going to, with, with media being the way it is, especially with so, the advent of social media, with things the way that they are now, um, there is going to be by default a way that they grow up, but yeah. there is it is our responsibility to make sure that they know who they are and where they come from. Yeah, yeah. got it. It's interesting to observe. You're welcome for me sharing that. Yeah, I say I say got it. Is that not a good closing? <laughs> got line? it. Got is it. Yeah. Not good. Okay. Can we add to the crowd? Can we add to the YouTube <laughs> comment section? Give advice to Josh for, <laughs> for acknowledgement word. I really tried, that. y'all. He went right to his phone because you. you yeah, know, Josh, I actually, him. I think you're in the zone. Like I, like I could tell that one was different. Yeah. You were like thinking yeah. about yeah. what he was yeah. saying. Yeah. You weren't like switching the thing. I think you're in no, the zone. These was, dudes are roasting the shit yeah, out of you. But clearly God, sorry. That's dang not, it, guys. Jamel and I can be very mean together. But that's kind of our thing. I know, and I've always <laughs> absorbed it. Yeah, you're always absorbed it, and it is my superpower. That's um, right. That's take right. a lot of shit. Um, Sorry. No. Sorry. Uh, no, I can tell okay. right now. It's okay. I can see the tenseness I, in your yeah. shoulders. No, right there's right. no just tension. Relax. There's no, just, there's no tension. Just let it How's happen. your back? It's tight. Your neck. <laughs> your back? How about the... My crack is good. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Again, um, I don't know how we got here. Yeah. I mean, to go Bumble. back to what you said, Jamel... Um, it is interesting what inclusivity looks like because I, I think that the short, and maybe it's an inaccurate summary, but the summary is like the goal of inclusivity lies with the majority in many ways, right? And for Sean and for my kids and other parents of, of kids who are white or part of a heteronormative or at least a, a normative majority, our goal, I believe, and obligation and duty is to ensure our students recognize there are more people out there who do not represent the same upbringing or the same cultural context or the same cultural identity markers. And in that sense, our obligation and duty to culture and society is to create, like I think the word you used, Sean, was like greater exposure. In Jamel raising two black boys in a city that is predominantly not black, 94% not black. Granted, there is a, you know, a population of people who identify as not white, um, but that's, right, that's different, right? And, and e even within black, it's like African black and African American yes. black, which yep. are also very different yep. cultural identities within the black community. Um, the goal there is like creating a sense of identity within your own cultural group, because that is that is not th that is almost a form of inclusivity in a different way. Because if everything is trying to like converge in the middle, or converge towards the the norm, quote unquote, or converge towards the majority, that's not creating inclusivity. That is assimilation, right? And so. It is interesting to observe that there are different ways that we each have responsibilities to creating an inclusive culture, mm -hmm. and they can't all be the same thing. The moves that you make <coughs> as a parent, Sean, are not the same moves that you make yeah. 
mm-hmm. with your wife um, and with your wife, Sean and, and Jamel, to but, try to but create But still inclusivity. trying to, to get yeah. to a uh, shared goal or common yeah. goal. But that is the goal, but, right? But that say, is the goal is inclusivity, but how we do it looks different. Right. That's yeah. cool. But I will say, too, like cultural heritage is still something that's, you know, I think hopefully important to everybody it's important it's important to know the warts and the glows of it right like there's good and bad in everyone's culture but i would even say like but i you know skin don't necessarily mean kin right so like you know just because like i'll be honest like you know certain types of white people like (laughs) i don't understand right that's not my life you have to understand like right like i try to teach my kids like a lot of their cultural heritage comes from appalachia right and particularly like kentucky appalachia so like the eastern hills and a lot of that is about like self you know subsistence and um about like you know hard work and about pull yourself up by your bootstraps well, no, but it's about like you know you don't have that's one of the that's the areas in america that have the least amount of resources yep right nobody's coming to save you no one's coming to save you like you are remotely put aside and right you have the least amount of education you have the least amount of availability of food you have the least amount of availability to work and there's still a a, a rich history of self-reliance and like food preservation and that's why gardening is such a like important part of my life because then my kids be a part of that right how we right we like yeah knowing that culture and just like how we name our kids right like you know we we named our kids to be a like part of like their history and who they are and where yeah. they come from. So yeah. that cultural piece like spoke to me to Jamel because it's like, you know, you, you your culture can get lost if it's not like preserved. carried on yep. and yeah. preserved and represented in ways yeah. that are meaningful. Shout out to the Eastern Hills of Kentucky. Yep. Is that the same place that we were knocking earlier for their whiskey production and white yeah, dog? Yeah, man, you got to yeah. make fun of stuff you love. Except That's for the true. except for the white dogs, we don't like white dogs. I have two you white have dogs. a white dog. I have two white dogs. He's white and black. <laughs> where's his black? Is it his paws? Wow, where's wow, his wow. black? Wow, where is his black? No, what? he's a white. He is white. Whoa. He is a white dog. He is a white. Whoa. He, he, he is, is a, white he and is black. a white. A white. A white dog. I said dog. Why are you telling people? In how are you telling my dog how he identifies? We're gonna requote the Jamel and Sean can be really mean. Here we are. Telling my dog how he should identify. You told me he's white and black. I said, "Where's the black?" He's mixed. Just, where's the where's black? the mix? He's one drop. I'm just. I wasn't. It wasn't a critical question. It was just like, a, just, "Is it in his his pigment or is it in his heart?" I don't even, wow. <laughs> even like the way that you said it. He's a white dog. Emphasis on that. That was a hard H you just used there. <laughs> it was white. White. Oh, he's a white, white dog. dog. <laughs> my dog's a both white by circumstance no by choice <laughs> no we adopted they they we adopted buy them. black we adopted culturally white. culturally white <laughs> culturally white yes yeah they're loud they're so you're like the uh you're the opposite privileged. of angelina jolie you would date the white ones i guess yeah shout yeah. out angelina that jolie. wasn't an accident did we shout sean her was like i looked at a lot of dogs today but this is the one that no. had the white fur that i really Especially wanted sean, we got, we sean got went in there was like where's the whitest dog you have i know some of them have a little bit of black but i don't want white any, dogs right i don't want any of those black dogs around here give me the whitest dog you I, have no, no no i don't think you understood me this, white dog, I wanted a na- this white one dog. is white this one is white fur his name is jaquan <laughs> But this one is white, kind of white, I, but his I name is Walter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll take Walter. 
Are you sure he has more white fur now? No. 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 Mm. Walter we'll and William. We'll unpack that one later. Are <laughs> you on the... Bl- oh, shit. It even got say, Are you on the blacklist at the Dumb Friends League? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean the blacklist? <laughs> I will say it even got Why funnier. Why call it a blacklist? It even got funnier, though, with William. White supremacy? Thank you. Yeah, shit. Why don't say. they call it the white list? Here's Why, a bad... Why do they call it a white wow. collar event? Yeah. No one calls it a black collar event. Black but you tie. wear a black tie. Black tie. You do call black tie. You know where the tie goes. On your oh, neck. Shit. Oh shit! God dang it! Why you wearing- fucking country guys? Yeah. Yeah, look, hey, coincidence? Yeah. Hey, may, hey, you know it may be. Can we go to a water park and drink some Kool Aid? Well, why are you looking at me? Wow! When you say because he's, not, cool. he's, not, expecting, say he's not expecting you to be. Do there. you want me to bring <laughs> some watermelon and fried chicken too? You're the one who said Kool Aid. Jesus Christ! You Josh. can bring some heart. Wow! You can bring some heart. Sean will bring the heart. I will bring the inner tubes. Jamel will bring the Kool-Aid. And the, and the, the Jamie, and the what are you bringing to the to water park? The inner piece. The inner piece. Yeah. The inner piece of the inner tube All or like right. the symbolic piece? P-E-A-C-E? Of the internet. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, with that being said. <laughs> with that being said, I'd like to close with this. What have you learned tonight? What is your learning from tonight's episode? That I think you're a racist. Shit, that's... And that I know you're racist. This... Guy... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say this got dark really fast, wow. but, you know. Man, I'm not the one with two white dogs at home. White dogs. <laughs> okay, take two on that question. <laughs> <laughs> what did you really learn tonight? And I will start. Let me see if I can, can re-engage and re- reset. I am... I I, re- I got a new perspective on Deion Sanders. Um, I had no, I, I wasn't critical of him, but I do think that between both of your your both your knowledge about Dion, your perspective on Dion in relation to like I thought that was so cool to hear that you were like we are really rooting for him almost like it's an OJ situation, and to me that that struck a cool nerve i don't know how else to put it but that perspective from both of you was very helpful um not to change my mind but to to put an extra degree of like context context and respect mm-hmm. for what is happening with the cu p- football program and i know football is football but it is also much more than that. It's representative of what society will respect and appreciate. And I wish him the best. I wish him success. I think it is good for many, many places. That is what I learned. Thank you for sharing that, Josh. Yeah, you're welcome. Jamel, what did, you, what did you learn tonight? I learned about bourbon. Oh, yeah. Mm. We did talk about bourbon um, at nauseum. I also learned that you have a very different relationship with the police than I have. Yep. That is true, and I hope to keep it that way. And I also learned, <laughs> I also learned that there is uh, a way to make sure that diversity is not just talked about but acted on. Mm. Right? Uh, it's mm. easy to say that I want to live in a diverse community. It's easy to say that um, right. I, I want my kids to be a part of you know the the larger community but it's easy to say it and it's harder to do mm. it and i i have uh, a, a lot of appreciation and a lot of respect yeah. for those who actually put their uh respect actions behind their words 
Respect. Sean, thank yeah. you, Jamel. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. For me, it, I wouldn't call it as much learning as like resonation, like not resonation, mm. but resonance. Resonance. There resonance, we go. Rather. Um, just like hearing Jamel, you know, you share, and this is stuff we talk about all the time, but hearing you share just like that intentional thought of like culture um, with Miles, who's an you know, amazing kid. Um, it just made me like reflect on some of the things that like I think I kind of brought up, but like just really resonated with me that idea of like keeping a wrist, a rich um, connection to mm. like your past and your history and where you come from. Yeah. And like a, a way that uplifts that as yeah. special and like unique and purposeful. Yeah. Just like in that moment just made me feel so just like connected to that intentionality that we both hold. And uh, I didn't, you know, that's not, we've talked a lot about that, but we haven't talked about that. Yeah. yeah. And that cool. really resonated with me and was more something I learned about you and like the choices, you know, you make in your family and thinking about that in my own experience, like just yeah. like, you know, further connection point for, our, you know, you think you, you spend a lot of time with someone yeah. and they're your friend, but there's always pieces that you gather yeah. and, it's very fun to have that experience here today. Awesome. So. Shout out to Sean, the sommelier. Yeah, yeah. the whiskey Shout out to the Stranger. Yeah. Cheers, everyone. Jamel, Sean, Jamie, thank you all for being here. Thank you if, if you've listened to this point. Thank you for listening to our second episode. Shout out Belgium. Um, yeah, shout out to Belgium. Maybe we can add Eritrea and uh, Luxembourg. Mm. Yeah. Uh, goals but um, in the meantime be well everyone Uh, thanks for joining and uh, Campfire Conversations episode 2 cheers cheers how do you spell smoogier